Ah, the holidays. For us, getting everyone together often means travel. Planes, trains, long car rides, and unpredictable environments. I remember as a new mom, the thought of traveling to see loved ones with my baby was as overwhelming as it was exciting. But one thing that I've always been able to count on is the leak-free protection from Pampers Swaddlers. This holiday season, pack your presents and pack your Pampers Swaddlers. They now feature a blowout barrier at the back waist that helps prevent up to 100% of leaks, even blowouts. Swaddlers also has dual leak guard barriers at the legs to help protect where leaks happen most. With Swaddlers, you can rest assured you have superior leak protection while keeping your baby's skin healthy. Pampers Swaddlers are available in sizes newborn to size 8 and now feature designs with their newest animal characters, Shiloh the Elephant and Freddy the Duck. Talk about bringing cheer. Trust the protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. A little update on our March 27th live recording of Latina to Latina. You did it. You sold out our early bird tickets. Thank you, thank you, thank you. There is still time to grab your regular tickets while they last. Again, the details. We are partnering with our friends at Poderistas to bring you a conversation with New York Times bestselling author Sochil Gonzalez. It is happening at the William Vale in Brooklyn on March 27th. You can find the link to purchase tickets on our Instagram page at Latina to Latina or online at Alicia Menendez XO. I cannot wait to see you. Diana Flores is a flag football superstar. When she was 16 years old, she became the youngest player ever to join the Mexico women's flag football team. Eight years later, she won gold for Mexico at the 2022 World Games, and she made history as the first flag football player to be part of the exhibition at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And of course, we all fell in love with her when she burst onto our screens in an NFL commercial during the 2023 Super Bowl. Diana and I talk about discovering the sport when she was just eight years old, what the year she spent angling and working to become quarterback and teach other ambitious Latinas, and why her commitment to women in sports is bigger than herself. Diana, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for inviting me. I'm so happy to be here with you. Finally. We saw you in that Super Bowl ad and we were like, oh, we have to get this girl. You start playing flag football when you're eight, eight years old? Yes, when I was very little. <laughs> and it's your dad who realizes very quickly that you have potential. What is it that your dad saw and how did you begin working together to cultivate whatever that early talent was? My dad used to play football when he was in high school and college. So I think that rather than he seeing something like on me, he wanted me to experience the love and the passion for that sport. So that's what took him to bring me to my first flag football practice. And I fell in love with the sport. When you're 16, you join the women's national team and there's already a quarterback. So you played wide receiver, you played linebacker. First, what did you learn playing other roles? As you mentioned, I started my journey with the national team being the youngest player with players that were more experienced than me. Most of them already had like gold medals on their chests, you know? So 
I think that that experience taught me to focus on my strengths, to try to learn from everybody around me, from every situation, rather than looking at them as obstacles. And that has pushed me to be the first, my best version so far. You say that you fought for your position. You fought to become quarterback. What did that fight entail? I've learned not only during this process, but since I was little, like the power of no, the power of people telling you, no, you can't play the sport. It's not meant to be for you. You're a woman, you're too young, you're too small. You're not going to be a great leader because you're not going to handle the pressure as you're the youngest player on the team. But somehow that power of no learned me to empower myself and, I don't know, level up my willpower. It took me nine years to get where I wanted to be. And of course, I thought many, many times I'm giving up. I even started doubting on myself because I think that that's the most dangerous thing that you can make to let the world, all those no's, get into your head and make you doubt of yourself, of your dreams, of your abilities. So I think that was a mental fight. That's what I mean with fighting for my position, the mental fight of just staying on the road, of giving one step at a time, of not giving up, of believing that what I was working for was going to come at one point in life. And it came. There is embedded in the critique that you were getting a fundamental truth, which is it is very challenging for young leaders to lead people who are older than them if those people don't want to see them as a leader, mm -hmm. if they want to diminish them for their youth. I wonder if there is a time, a story you can tell me when either you weren't able to wrangle the team or when there was conflict around your age or when you were able to level up and what it was that that required, what that took to get people to listen to you and take you seriously? Mm. I think that leadership is not a matter of age. It's a matter of believing in yourself, to trust in yourself and be self-confident to lead others. If you don't have those qualities in you, it doesn't matter how old are you, you will not be able to lead others. It always started to happen when I started believing in myself, when I started seeing myself as a leader I wanted to be, rather than waiting for me to turn at some point in life into that leader, if that makes sense. Sometimes I feel that we wait until someone gives us the platform and then feel secure to speak, but I've learned that somehow, sometimes it works the other way around. Ah, uh, the holidays. For us, getting everyone together often means travel, planes, trains, long car rides, and unpredictable environments. I remember as a new mom, the thought of traveling to see loved ones with my baby was as overwhelming as it was exciting. But the one thing that I have always been able to count on is the leak-free protection from Pampers Swaddlers. This holiday season, pack your presents and pack your Pampers Swaddlers. They now feature a blowout barrier at the back waist that helps prevent up to 100% of leaks, even blowouts. Swaddlers also has dual leak guard barriers at the legs to help protect where leaks happen most. With Swaddlers, you can rest assured that you have superior leak protection while keeping your baby's skin healthy. Pampers Swaddlers are available in sizes newborn to size 8. They now feature designs with their newest animal characters, Shiloh the Elephant and Freddy the Duck. Talk about bringing cheer. 
For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Hey, Red, what are you up to? Just making sure all the M&M's gifts are wrapped and the ball is filled. Remember that one holiday party when we had no M&M's? Oh boy, I still have nightmares. The cookies? Yeah, you used all the M&M's candies that were meant to decorate the party treats to decorate snowmen. You did it again, didn't you? <laughs> they do look cute, though. Bringing cheer, M&M's for all fun kind. Hi, Latina to Latina listeners. It's Brenda from Tamarindo Podcast. And if you love Latina to Latina, then we know that you're going to love Tamarindo Podcast. And if you're in the LA area and can't make it to the Latina to Latina live event, we'd like to invite you to our event on March 28th at 6.30 p.m. We're hosting Amigas Blossoming, a night of celebrating and cultivating blossoming friendships. This will be in Highland Park and all the details to RSVP for free are at tamarindopodcast.com forward slash events. You alluded to this. What is the closest you ever came to walking away? I think it was after 2018 World Cup. I was working so hard. I even started like training with my team, playing the position I wanted quarterback. And we were doing great. We were having like amazing practices. Then we arrived to the World Cup. We started winning. I started as QB1. And then the coaches made a decision to, to put me out of field and put another player in. And then they just changed the position. I started playing wide receiver and center and other positions. I couldn't understand at that moment, like, why are they doing this? If I am doing great, we ended up in fourth place, losing important games in such a bad way. And I just feel so frustrated. I feel that I worked like so hard to be there, but then I was not being allowed just to do what I worked for. So I came back from that World Cup feeling that I didn't have like the power to shape my future or to shape what I wanted to do as an athlete on the field, feeling that I didn't have the power to make decisions and that everything was on other people's hands. I started to think that they were right and it was me just dreams or me being unrealistic with myself and my abilities. So I spent it like six months not wanting to train at all, not wanting to practice at all, because I thought that it was not worth it. But then I think at that moment, what helped me a lot was just to come back to my roots, come back to my why. I mean, why am I doing this? Just because I feel happy, I feel free, I feel like my truest self on the field. That should be my reason why, not me trying to achieve or to prove others that I am strong enough or that I am good enough to fill some blanks on the field. You can pass on this question if you want, but I am genuinely curious what it is like to date when you are a female professional athlete who has become a household name by virtue of having been in a Super Bowl commercial. How it is to date? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I have a boyfriend now. We have been together for two years now. So even before all of this craziness started, and I feel so lucky to have just 
a person that supports me and that goes through this journey with me. Just imagine men being on dates with you and being like wanting to see if they can run faster than you, wanting to see if they can like throw a ball farther than you can. Like it must just, I would imagine it takes a specific type of guy to not be intimidated <laughs> by your athletic prowess. So he's an athlete too. So that's just an amazing thing because we can share those experiences. And to be honest, it is so funny. Like our first dates, I remember there were not like traditional dates, you know, when you go to restaurant or, you know, to the movie theater or whatever. Our dates were like, oh, do you want to go training? Okay, yes, let's meet at the track. Yes, 10 a.m. in the morning. Okay, let's do it. And it has been like that during all these years. I feel that's what makes it easier because, yes, he's competitive. I am competitive. We push each other to be the best versions of ourselves. And it is just so fun. I don't know if you'll agree, but I think I think a lot of women, I'll speak for myself, a very fraught relationship with my body. It took a long time before I appreciated my body as something that was strong and could do things for me and not just as a physical thing that I could judge. And so I wonder when you come up through sports, if it changes the way that you think about your body. Yes. So I think that's something that especially we as women, that we have to go through. It is like a process. It is like a process of self-love, of self-care. And I have to say that it is not as easy as it seems to be since society always push us and try to put us on this box. Even for us as athletes, like there is this like, um, how do you say of mindset or this concept or this vision to see oh an athlete it has to be like super skinny like super strong like tall and you know like all these stereotypes that shape our society not only for athletes but for women but for etc etc i feel that we as athletes we are under those stereotypes too and i've been through that like when you look yourself at the mirror and you start judging yourself in such like a hard way and but the way I've been able to go through that is been just being grateful with what I can do with what I have with what my body allows me to do being aware that at the end of the day it doesn't matter what the world thinks about you or how the world wants to see you or the stereotypes they have, any one of us, we are not going to be able to achieve those stereotypes since they are unrealistic, 100%. I've been able to go through that just by focusing on um, my strengths and on my personal and athletic growth rather than judging myself or judging that growth on a physical way, you know, or on a, how do you say it, like a Aesthetic, just the looks. Yes, just as, yes, just aesthetic looks. Hi, Latina to Latina listeners. It's Brenda from Tamarindo Podcast. And if you love Latina to Latina, then we know that you're going to love Tamarindo Podcast. And if you're in the LA area and can't make it to the Latina to Latina live event, we'd like to invite you to our event on March 28th at 6.30 p.m. We're hosting Amigas Blossoming, a night of celebrating and cultivating blossoming friendships. This will be in Highland Park and all the details to RSVP for free are at tamarindopodcast.com forward slash events.
I wonder, Diana, for someone who was born in Mexico, raised in Mexico, the first time you come to the United States to play flag football, if there was for you that moment where you realized that you were in the United States, part of something different, part of this idea of Latinidad or being a Latina in a way that I would imagine is less relevant when you live in a country where everyone is Latina. If you had sort of that experience of either being made to feel different or being made to feel like you belonged to a group that was larger than yourself. When I was like 14 years old, I started playing with a team from Philadelphia. They invited me to play the national NFL championship there. So I played regionals first, and then I played nationals in 2012 uh, in New Orleans. And the first moment I got like this, like, I don't know, impression was when they gave us like, it was like a book with the rosters of all the teams on it. So I opened it and I started just passing the, the pages just to find my name. And I started like seeing all this, of course, like American names, you know, like last names and everything. And the only Latina last name was mine, like Diana Flores from all the teams. So that was like, of course, as a 14 year old, it was like, wow, like it, it is my name. Like I'm the only one. But then it was like, wow, like I'm the only one. Then when we started playing at that tournament, I was so lucky to have coaches and a team that really supported me. But then being there, I started like to hear many other people, even parents or other players saying like, what's that Mexican doing here? Like, what's she doing here? What's the Mexican doing here? Blah, blah, blah. Or I remember being on the field and listening to the other coaches saying like, just go strong with the Mexican or how the Mexican uh, scored you. How did the Mexican could complete a, you a pass? You know, those kind of worlds. Like, And to me, as a 14-year-old, to be honest, I feel that innocence somehow protected me a lot from all those comments because for me, it was like, yeah, I'm the Mexican. Okay, they are they are right. Like, yeah, I'm the Mexican. But of course, like later on, as the years pass, I was like, okay, maybe that was not a, like a, a nice thing. But I feel that was like the first time I got to experience like those kind of things, those kind of comments to feel how it feels, you know, to be a minority somehow. And now, to be honest, one thing I'm so grateful for is that during this journey, this past year, I've been able to connect with a lot of women and people from the Latino community, especially in the States, and to, to be more conscient about the importance of representation, on how the representation can change lives, on how making people feel that you care about them, that they matter, can just fully change many people's lives and the future from many of the young boys and girls that are coming. To be in the Super Bowl ad in 2023, I wonder that level of exposure, given that, yes, you are an athlete, but in being an athlete, one also becomes a brand, a brand ambassador. What that level of exposure opened up for you opportunity-wise? It has been life-changing. To me, I am grateful now to have a big platform, a voice that is heard to be part of this movement of women empowerment and for 
women in sports, like the change we're making all together. I have right now not only like more opportunities in terms of platforms, of partnerships. So I have, I think the opportunity to connect with amazing people that had helped me to be more connected with my life mission and to find like, to have just a different and wider perspective of what I want to do and the legacy I want to build. I feel this experience allowed me to have this platform to show the world how the power of sports can keep empowering women around the world, how the power of sports can break gender barriers, can break cultural barriers, and that we are part of the same thing. So that's what I am most grateful for. Deanna, what is it you want to do next? One of my biggest dreams right now is to build a professional flag football league to give women the opportunity to become professional at this sport and started earning money from this. So for me right now, everything I do, it is my master's. I'm studying innovation for enterprise development and anything else is about making those connections, learning from people, learning from sports business and everything I can do in order to someday, hopefully soon, make it a reality. So when I was calling you a professional athlete, have you actually made money playing flag football? No, not any flag football player right now, it is men's or women, can make money from a flag football. So we actually like pay money to <laughs> practice this sport, not even for us winning the gold medal at the World Games. Oh my God. <laughs> it's so, it's so I know, it is crazy. Yes. Diana, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Latina to Latina is executive produced and owned by Juleka Lantigua and me, Alicia Menendez. Paulina Velasco is our producer. Cochin Tashiro is our lead producer. Trent Lightburn mixed this episode. We love hearing from you. Email us at hola at latinatolatina.com. Slide into our DMs on Instagram or tweet us at Latina to Latina. Check out our merchandise at latinatolatina.com slash shop. And remember to subscribe or follow us on Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Good Pods, wherever you're listening right now. Every time you share the podcast, every time you leave a review, you help us to grow as a community. A little update on our March 27th live recording of Latina to Latina. You did it. You sold out our early bird tickets. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There is still time to grab your regular tickets while they last. Again, the details. We are partnering with our friends at Poderistas to bring you a conversation with New York Times bestselling author, Sochil Gonzalez. It is happening at the William Vale in Brooklyn on March 27th. You can find the link to purchase tickets on our Instagram page at Latina to Latina or online at Alicia Menendez XO. I cannot wait to see you.